0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Age discrimination is alive and well. AARP conducted a survey and found that 61% of workers 45 and older they either reported seeing or experiencing age discrimination. This ranges from employers pushing older workers out of a job in favor of younger workers to employers not calling older job applicants back. Advocates argue that the way some organizations have adjusted to the pandemic provides a roadmap for making the workplace more inclusive. You can read an op-ed about this issue right now at SunTimes.com. And in today's paper, Mary O'Donnell co-authored the op-ed. She's president of RRF Foundation for Aging and joins us now. Welcome, Mary.
1: Hello. Hi, Sasha. Thank you for the opportunity. Sure.
0: And Tom Kosmarski is a member of the RRF Board of Trustees. He's also the founder of the Kosmarski Innovation Consulting Firm. Welcome to the program, Tom.
2: Good morning, Sasha.
0: Mary, what kinds of examples of age discrimination do you hear about from older adults that are in your network?
1: Sadly, Far too many examples. You know, we think of ageism as discrimination against older people or younger people, it can be people of all ages, due to negative and inaccurate um, stereotypes. And so, Sasha, like so many other isms, you know, sexism, racism, ageism can show up in both implicit and explicit ways. So it can be, you know, structural in nature, say within a large corporate structure, as you mentioned, not calling older applicants back Mm -hmm. if they see certain years on their resume. Or it can be very personal, say, between two colleagues or a group of colleagues that might be excluding older or younger uh, co-workers out of even informal things like happy hour meetups and the like. We can also see instances of internalized ageism, which is interesting in that it can actually affect Um, negative views about our own selves as we age, because, of course, everyone is aging. Um, So ageism shows up in a lot of different ways. It can have significant impacts on our health, our economic well-being, all aspects of life.
0: And I want to be clear, Mary, for the purposes of this conversation, ageism and age discrimination, are they essentially the same thing?
1: You know, they are, I would say age discrimination is more the act of um, putting ageist views into practice. Uh, And particularly, again, for our conversation today in the workforce, uh, ageism is a larger um, aspect of our society that uh, many of our advocates at RRF Foundation for Aging are working to combat in a lot of settings, workplace being one of them.
0: Yeah. Tom, let's bring you in here, because age discrimination is prohibited in, in many cases under the law. So why aren't laws enough to prevent this discrimination from happening?
2: Yeah, well, that's a great question, Sasha, because in, in fact, uh, when you see so many organizations that have forced retirement ages uh, at age 62, 63, 64, uh, that, that begs the question, right, as yeah. to whether or not there, there really are uh, I just had a good friend who just turned 61 and, and she needed to leave her uh, accounting firm, uh, because she was going to turn 62. Um, and, and but, oh, wow. but the real issue, yeah, but the real issue here is the, um, I, I call it the terminology of ageism and the terminology of ageism is when you hear things in the workplace like, oh, well, you know, well, this person is overqualified or, or we need fresh faces or, or, you know, we, we need more new blood, um, and and then when you hear references to, you know, I, I define it as that we should call people older adults and younger adults, mm-hmm. because when we throw in the, the terms like elderly and, and the silver tsunami that's coming and, and et cetera, et cetera, it, it really just perpetuates ageism in the workplace and, and, and makes that discrimination even stronger.
0: Mary, there's also research that shows that older women experience age discrimination earlier and more severely than men. What do you make of that?
1: You know, I, I sadly, I'm not surprised by that. And we see that in our work at RRF Foundation for Aging with many of the research and advocacy efforts that we support You know, so much of our society is thinking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, including us at RF Foundation for Aging. And we think that in terms of that equity lens, far too often age is overlooked as one of the aspects of our identity that can contribute to uh, marginalization. Mm -hmm. And we know that in terms of the intersectionality with different aspects of our identity, if you are both an older person and a woman or an older person and a person of color or an older woman of color where you have multiple aspects of your identity intersecting, that unfortunately can lead to even more challenges, challenges in your economic security. We know from, for instance, some of the research that we've funded out of the new school in new york that older people of color and older women of color in particularly see particular disadvantages in being able to live with the the dignity and uh quality of life that they they want and need we know that many older people actually have to keep working not just want to but keep but need to for their economic ability and then other people actually have a desire to continue to contribute to um to the companies or organizations or issues that they love and care about and it's a real missed opportunity sasha if employers kind of step away from the experience and insights that older workers can contribute. Mm -hmm. Um, And we hope that uh, more and more now, uh, employers who are forward-thinking and innovative and equity-oriented will look to older workers as not a problem, but a really powerful
0: solution. Yeah, and some numbers here to support what you just mentioned, Mary. According to AARP, about a third of U.S. households headed by someone fifty five or older, they don't have a pension or retirement benefits, meaning they will have to continue working. Tom, can you talk about some other ripple effects here of age discrimination?
2: Yes. I, I think the I think I think the opportunity right now, Sasha, uh as a result of the pandemic and all of the changes that have been occurring in the workplace and the recognition of you know, just like earlier on your show, the, the quiet quitting and, and, and the culture changes that are occurring. This is a fantastic opportunity to not only knock out of the park uh, ageism in the workplace, mm-hmm. but to leverage and use older adults as as a way to fill some of the labor shortages. And, and the reason why it'll work so great now is because uh we all understand the need to have flexibility and to have job sharing and to and to put in place mechanisms where older adults in particular could could just thrive so I, I think it's a great time to actually uh take a look at this and figure out how we can uh get older adults better integrated into the workplace just one one other thought you know uh 21 years ago i started an organization called chicago innovation which celebrates, educates, and connects innovators. Um, it's the largest organization in Chicago serving innovators. And and we formed a, uh, a program called Ageless Innovators uh, about four years ago in order to pair an older adult with a younger adult to have an intergenerational connection, but to have them co-mentor each other. Yeah. And I think that's the real key is, is understanding and seeing the value of younger people and older people, um, and, and what they can each bring uh, to the to the job.
0: Absolutely, and, and and the reminder for for folks that you know older employees they do have lots of experience, lots of knowledge that is truly beneficial to any workplace. Uh, in the Sun Times op ed, you write that the the typical workplace now includes workers from up to five generations, right? So talk just a little bit more about that, Mary, and and the, the benefit of having age diversity on the job.
1: Absolutely. It's really an exciting time, and it is true, up to five generations in the workplace. The workplace that I'm honored to be a part of at RRF Foundation for Aging is one of those where we have both older and younger workers at the table, and as the president and CEO, I really find that to be a valuable aspect of our organizational diversity. I feel that um, you know, all when we bring all voices to the table, whether it's trying to identify a new solution or make a decision. All voices at the table are where the better outcomes are found. So I think that if we can stop thinking as a society about the silos that we've been put into by our different age generations and look instead, both as a society and of course in our, in our, in our corporate structures, in our nonprofit sector, in our government sectors, Look beyond the silos and look at what that inner connection can have. That's where the source of innovation and cross-functionality can come to life in really exciting ways. That's where we're going to find more innovative products and services by having all voices at the table in terms of race, gender, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. and age we're going to end up much stronger together than we would alone.
0: Tom, the uh, unprecedented nature of the the pandemic, we know it shifted everything. It shifted expectations about work as we've been talking about all this hour on Reset. You also write in the op-ed that uh, the way that companies have instituted things like hybrid work, that that could provide this roadmap for being more inclusive to older workers. Just explain that for us.
2: Yeah. Well, well, uh, two things. The first, Sasha, is that we, we really the kind of the, the overview that, that I view on all of this in terms of the workplace is that uh, we really need to, there's a, there's a, a phrase that uh, I picked up from reframing the reframing initiative, which is aging is so cool that everybody is doing it. And, and, and a recognition <laughs> that, that we all are right. Yeah. I mean, every single one of us is aging and, and that's just, that's just a fact. Right. And so the, the power of having, a um hybrid team of greater diversity of all types is that innovation becomes much stronger problem solving becomes much better because you're getting people with different perspectives and different experiences looking at a problem from different angles and coming up with different uh, and better ways to solve it yeah. so it, it's just it just it makes so much sense doesn't it yeah
0: well i mean to me for sure yeah well before we, <laughs> we run out of time here briefly tell me you know what's next what do you want to see tom
2: yeah what i want to see is number one a greater awareness for ageism you know i want people to change their language and to be able to talk differently about older and younger adults, I want people to accept the fact that we all have a lot to contribute, regardless of our age. Right. And we also need to we also need to stop focusing on the youth just as the the paragon or the benchmark mm-hmm. or the model that we all want to go back to, uh, as opposed to uh, really see the value and the power of intergenerational connections.
0: And a brief final word from you, Mary. What do you want to see? I
1: want to see us seize this moment. I want to see us as a city, as a country, as a collective, seize the moment around viewing the aging population as an opportunity to be harnessed, not a problem to be solved. And that by combining younger and older voices together, we're all going to get further.
0: Mary O'Donnell and Tom Kozmarski, thank you so much. They co-authored an op-ed on this topic. You can check it out right now online at suntimes.com.